Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. In for Bill Ryder once again today, as I've been through out the week. Tom is still here. No fear. The cell's not going anywhere. Well, I think over the holidays you might be, but I'm here. I'm your holiday. I'm your holiday fireworks the next couple of days. I got a lot uh, that we want to do today. We're going to talk to Jeff Kerr, talk some NFL with him. We are going to try to figure out where James Harden is going to play next. And I'm going to defend Pete Rose a little bit, probably coming up here relatively soon. In fact, let's start there. Gambling in the NFL is a widespread problem. It is out of control. Well, we don't know that yet, but we do know that there is some gambling going on in the NFL, and the NFL is trying to nip this thing as soon as they can. This is what happens when you... I keep saying the phrase, get in bed with gambling, but for decades, gambling's been this, sports betting's been this back room, you know, guy down the street, maybe offshore bookie situation. And I think there's people that, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 10, five years ago, would never have imagined that basically the NFL is just, I mean as willing as they are and all sports really. I mean, you watch some of these sports, you watch some of the, the XFL games. So I do watch spring football, big USFL championship tomorrow for those interested. We'll be breaking that one down on Monday for sure. But they're like, they, they like go overboard with it instead of being like, all you gotta do is be like, Hey, it's the Panthers and the Falcons. Falcons are the favorite today. Three points spread. But in the XFL, they like, it's like they're doing reads for something they've never been familiar with product-wise. The, the, the broadcasters always go, 
Yes, and so I can – there's three – the spread is three. That means they think they're going to win by three, and now they scored. So if you took the spread, do you think that they will win now? And uh, how is my bet looking? And how would – it's just very robotic and very weird. So some of it, I think, seems a little bit forced. And I do think of the people that just like sports to like sports. There's a big contingency of people that this this turns them off in- incredibly. Any mention of gambling, and it's not that they think it's a sin or they just think it's, like, abhorrent. They just don't care. And it feels like right now, if you're watching sports in some platforms, you're watching, you're not watching, like, hey, so how do we think um, Giannis is going to attack this this wall that the Raptors are throwing at them? That's not what you think you're getting anymore. You think you're getting... So if Giannis, if this if this uh, Raptors defense is going to put a wall, how does that affect Giannis's twenty eight and a half uh, point total for tonight? And what, what do we think it'll go over? Should we take a first half line? And that's I think that gets a lot of people excited. I mean, the content business is booming because of it, but it also turns a lot of people off. So sports is still sports is still trying on a lot of different levels to navigate how they can keep the integrity. And the fun, I guess, or just the pure sportsmanship of it, they're trying to balance that with trying to make a lot of money off of this industry where people are betting on their product. And they're still trying to, all sports are still trying to balance this. We saw this with the NBA draft, and we talked about this earlier in the week, where Shams, uh, who works with FanDuel, Sham Sharinia, he works with FanDuel, and he had a report about who was going to go number two that guy, Scoot Henderson, did not go number two, and he works with FanDuel that's got this massive sports book, and FanDuel had to put out a statement saying we didn't, like, tip him off or we didn't tell him to do anything, and I think everything's on the up and up there, but it, it's it's still a gray area that emerges when you do tie in the results of a game that people are putting money on with people that can influence those results also having access to put money on those things. And that's happened now a little bit in the NFL, where yesterday the NFL has suspended a handful of players, including Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry, both Colts, members of their secondary. A free agent, Demetrius Taylor, was also suspended. All these guys indefinitely and through the 2023 season. And then the Colts waived them. So now if you pick them up, you know you're going to have a year-long suspension. I mean, these guys are kind of screwed. Kelvin Ridley was an example where, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll bring him in and we'll ride it out. Jacksonville's doing that. But if you're Isaiah Rodgers now, the Colts are like, get out of here. And Rodgers is going to be stuck as a free agent. And if somebody likes him, they have to place him on some list. I don't know why the Colts just didn't place him on a list, but they just want to tie their hands or untie their hands of this, wash their hands clean. So apparently what happened in Rogers' case, we'll focus on him. He's kind of been the, the one that's done it the most. We've had so far nine players suspended this year for violations of the NFL's gambling policy. We had a few Lions earlier in the summer or earlier in the year, including Jamison Williams. Uh, remember that. Uh, Quintez Cephas, we've had that. And now we have a few more guys with, like I said, Calvin Ridley all of last season. Um, so... Isaiah Rogers, here's the situation with him, according to ESPN's David Purdom, that an upward of 100 bets were placed from Rogers online sportsbook activity 
online activity that is legal for you and I. Legal for us to do. We can do it. He has access to do it. He did it. There's no red flags that come up. He's got an account and a credit card, and he can do it. A valid email. But he is an NFL player, and now they're looking into who of you guys actually did this. So 100 bets were placed, and we're just talking about Isaiah Rogers here, formerly of the Colts, including at, at least one wager where he bet on the Colts. A source told ESPN that friends of Rogers encouraged him to place many of the wagers, a lot in the $25 to $50 range. The largest wager placed through the account was a $1,000 prop bet on an over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back. So it could have been Taylor, or if he was hurt, it could have been another guy. But that prop won. So he's betting, and here's here's where I think I want to bring up Pete Rose, and here's where I think the gray area comes in. Um, betting on your team to win and betting on your guys to do the NFL's. So there's a lot of gray area. I'm probably going to say gray area a hundred times and you guys can chime in at CBS sports radio, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. The, there's the gray area is betting on your sport, on your team in general. I think that, well, and, and so here's, I'm trying to think of every situation and then I immediately find the, the counter to why you do that. So if you're in the NFL and you're Isaiah Rogers of the Colts, shouldn't you be able to bet on, like, let's say you have a game at noon and you're out of the team facility and you go home and then it's Sunday night football and the Patriots are playing the Broncos and you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, we we need the Colts or we need the Broncos to win for for seeding, but let's make this interesting. I'm going to put two hundred dollars on New England, and that'll keep me a little bit engaged. The same reason we do it in a lot of cases. That seems to be okay on the surface, and it could be. But why the NFL doesn't want that is any shrug of integrity that could be broken is because all right, well, who does Rogers know? Who does he know on the Patriots? Who does he know on the Broncos? Does he have a friend that knows somebody? Is he getting inside info? But inside info on what? Like, what? what is somebody on the Patriots going to tell you? We've got a couple cool plays that we're going to run. We know that on defense they're going to try to do this, so we're going to stop them, bet on us tonight. I, I don't – we're going to try extra hard. I think I'm going to argue on the side that these guys should be able to bet. I think, I, I think, I'm, I, I think that's where I kind of land. That they should be able to bet. Because if there's a vast conspiracy, that will emerge. If there's a vast conspiracy where someone on the Patriots is texting Isaiah Rogers or he finds out or he's got some wild inside info, and then and then somebody on the Broncos, you know, is also in on this bet, and on defense they lay down a little bit. Like there can be situations in sports where it's like, hey, Bet a prop on this guy to hit a home run. The pitcher's in on it. He's going to groove a pitch. This guy will hit a home run. We'll all make a bunch of money. I just don't think the motivation is there for that to happen. These leagues, what they're trying to do is just put up a giant wall so nothing can get through. Nothing. But I think that for the most part, a lot of these guys are just betting in the same way that, that you and I are betting. Oh, we think we know. We have the same information. It doesn't mean they have any inside information whatsoever. So with Rodgers betting on the Colts, and this is where I bring up Pete Rose, because Pete Rose bet on like 50-some games 
It could have been even more than that. 50-some games on the Reds during his tenure when he was the manager. I've always argued that if you're betting on your team to win, that should be okay. If you're betting on your team to lose, then you are taking away the integrity of the game because then you're going to play a different way because the default is you're trying to play to win. This is, this is where I always look at it from. You are trying to play to win. Every game, even, even as fans were like, oh, our team is tanking and, and they're going to try to lose this game. But the players don't care. You think anybody on the Houston Texans last year cared if they got the number one pick or not? No, half of those guys aren't even going to be there the next year. They don't care. And then what are they going to do? Draft a guy? We're going to tank so that we're going to lose on purpose so that the guy we draft can take my job? These guys always are trying to win unless they're like lazy or having a bad day. But even still, when you get on the field, you're trying to win. So if you think, hey, I'm very confident, we always hear the phrase, hey, I bet on myself. I bet on myself. I didn't take that job offer. I bet on myself. I got this other job offer. I think it's okay to bet on yourself to have success because that's what you're trying to do is have success. So bet on yourself. The issue with Pete Rose, and I do understand this, so if he's betting on him, like let's say Pete Rose was the manager, which he was, all-time hit leader, not in the Hall of Fame, and I do believe he will get in the Hall of Fame the moment he passes away. I think that that's cruel and maybe a little morbid, but I don't think he's going to be out of the Hall of Fame forever. And I think at some point these commissioners are like, okay, let's put him in. And then they're like, nah, screw this guy. We all hate him. I think a little bit of that might be going on. Or eventually somebody will come along that's a commissioner and say like, this is stupid. That was 100 years ago. He's the all-time hit. Let him put him in. At some point, somehow, someone will put him in the Hall of Fame. I know he won't get voted in, but somebody will put him in there to right a wrong. We'll do that. We'll be like, hey, remember this thing that happened 100 years ago? Let's right this wrong. Okay, great. So if you're Pete Rose and you're managing on a Monday and you bet to win that Monday and you play on Tuesday, I understand that you might do some things with the bullpen or, or everything where you're trying to win this game and then it might you might win on Monday, but it's going to sacrifice Tuesday, a game you didn't bet on. So you might make some moves that you wouldn't have made otherwise if you didn't have any money. I still think baseline, he's trying to win. He's trying to win. Sometimes you do have these managers that say, hey, we're trying to win the season, not every day. We have to you know, play for the next day. So they will call off the dogs a little bit in the sixth inning if they're down five runs. If Pete Rose was in that situation, he might keep a pitcher out there longer or he might go to make a change earlier. There's things that can happen because he does have money on it. So that's where, again, the gray area comes in. Ultimately, he is trying to win the game anyway, but that could have some ramifications for the next game. And so I kind of see where there'd be the pushback there. If he's betting on his team to lose ever, I think that's a problem. That I mean, that's my red line. Bet on your team to lose, that's a problem. That's the integrity of the game. You're going to do something that, because the default is to win. We watch these teams to win. Everybody plays to win. Unless I'm just so naive and so dumb, that's what, that's what I think is allowed. Tom Brady, I bring this up a lot. I think it was one of his podcasts where he was talking with, uh, Jim Gray or whatever, where he said it got brought up to him that the over-under on rushing yards for him in the Super Bowl was half a yard, and he knew about that. And so why? What? how harmless would it be for him to put a million dollars on the over 
and then at some point in the game, call his own number and run it up the middle for three yards. Like, like that's pocketing a quick, you know, two, three million dollars. Does that ruin the game? Yeah, it was one play that might change the correction or direction of stuff, but does that ruin the integrity of the game? It's just there's a lot of things like that. I will also say, while we're talking on the subject, that it's not like money doesn't dictate what happens in a game anyway. How many times at the end of the season in a week 17, week 18 game, and Brady's done this, I think, with Gronk, do we know that, hey, if Gronk makes this many catches this season, he then gets a $500,000 bonus, and then they will force-feed Gronk the ball so that he can get his eight catches and then get the bonus. So essentially, you're changing what the outcome of the game would have been to get a guy money. Is that not basically the same thing? So that's where I look at it. If I have to have a one-line take on how I view gambling in sports, I think it's okay to bet on yourself, ultimately, and I don't think that there's as much conspiracy going on as we want to believe. We want to be like the NFL. They're they're going to come down on all these guys because they don't want they don't want the floodgates to open. They don't want the virus to spread. So even though it might have been very innocent bets from Rogers, like, hey, you know what, uh, Jonathan Taylor looks good in practice. I'm going to take him to go over 98 and a half yards. I don't think that that's information that we can't ourselves find out. What, what what's Taylor or whoever the running back was in this situation going to tell Rodgers? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try harder today. That's ultimately where I come down on it. Uh, Tom, I'll I'll ask you. I mean, I, I laid it out there. I don't. I have no idea what you think of the situation. I just think that the NFL is trying to stop this problem from being a bigger problem before it is. I also don't think that it is as big of a problem as they. think think it would be but I can I could be very naive I understand Bart what the NFL is doing by saying hey none of it you can't do any of it you can't bet on yourself you can't bet on any sports you know in the team facility none of it zero it's the easiest way and by easiest uh, it's not working out too well right now but it's the easiest way for the NFL to try to wrap their arms around this thing Bart, I, I I really think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. I think this is a massive, massive problem for the NFL. Like you think more people are doing it and we haven't found out yet or oh, what? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And I think, I mean, a lot like concussions, I think the NFL would rather not find out. But we're at a point where, like, these sports books are obligated to tell the NFL what's going on because of the integrity. Like, if fans found out that so-and-so player for – You know, the Jaguars, the Jets, the Packers, the Seahawks put a few prop bets on the game. Fans are going to be up in arms saying, hey, you know, he knew about this bet and I lost money on it. Why why is it right for him to win the money and I lose it? He knew what was going on. Like, I, I, I understand. I'm with you. I don't think the conspiracy theories hold a lot of weight, but it's not going to stop people from thinking that they are. Well, and I'll I'll draw back a little bit because when you mention prop bets, like if I'm Patrick Mahomes, we're just talking about Isaiah Rogers here with all due respect. Like if Patrick Mahomes was like, yeah, I, I bet to have Travis Kelsey, I can't do his voice. I bet him to have eight and a half catches. If they, if they are doing, prop bets is a different animal. I think I was framing this in terms of like betting win or lose. Prop bets is a different animal. And that's where you get the same thing in with like the, he needs this to hit a contract qualifier. Prop bets, 
Prop bets might need yes, that 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 they could draw a line on because then you're then you're changing the plays. Then you're like, all right, we're gonna get Jarek McKinnon thirty seven yards and we're all gonna go out for steak afterwards and lobster. And uh th- that that can be a problem. So that yeah, that and that's what the NFL doesn't want to happen. They don't want it to happen where at any point anything can can seep through. The problem I would have is I think they they started this, and then now they're going to kind of catch up and be like, all right, everything you guys did was wrong. They, I know they, they probably softly said, hey, guys, don't do this. But now to throw out these year-long suspensions, and, and guys might have thought it was harmless. Like, oh, I just, I just bet on a baseball game while I was on the toilet. You know, why, am I, why am I getting suspended for six weeks for that? You, I literally walk into a facility and DraftKings and FanDuel and BetMGM, it's all over my face. Like, you gave me a water bottle that said BetMGM. What, what, am, I, what am I supposed to do here? Uh, the advertising, you took money for advertising. The advertising's working. You got another client, man. So very much a gray area, but I think the NFL is going to do whatever they can, and all sports leagues are going to do whatever they can to say, this is for everybody else. Not for you guys, and we'll see the ramifications of it. Going to be very interesting as we keep following this thing. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Much more to come. I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder today. 855-212-4227. We are like feverishly looking at our Twitter feeds because it's NBA free agency day today. And it starts at 6 Eastern is when it starts. And I'm sure there's already a lot of scheduled tweets from Shams and Woj at 6.01 Eastern to say, oh, this guy has agreed to this deal with this team. It's like this is another one of these problems that we try to half police. Yeah, there's there's tampering going on in, in the NBA. All these deals get announced. Remember the one year it was at midnight? They had it at midnight for a while. Uh, this uh, just in at midnight. This guy agrees to a three-year, $70 million deal. At, at midnight? You mean it just opened at midnight and he took the first call at midnight? Does he know his market? Oh, I get it. There's tampering. Did you watch, uh, Tom, did you watch much of the match yesterday? So the match, by the way, people, the match was held yesterday. It was Steph Curry and Clay Thompson against um, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and Kelsey won, I believe, is what I'm hearing. 
Uh, that is correct. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey it. won. So uh, Kelsey can still be happy being underpaid because he continues to win because of Patrick Mahomes. I did turn it on. I'm somebody who likes to I, – I just need to see it. Even if I don't watch it, I just need to see it for a minute. If it's a, I don't know. It's I can't explain it. But if it's if there's a sport on TV, like if sometimes CBS would have like this uh, third level boxing or some weird like celebrity car races on Saturday nights. They've tried a few things on the TV network. I don't want to watch it. I have no interest in it. But I turn it on for a minute just to see it. I like to see what the graphics look like. I see. I like to see the production. I just I don't know. I just like to see it. So I turned on the match, and they tried to talk to Travis Kelsey, and they couldn't get his microphone to work. And then uh, Clay Thompson couldn't get his cart started. So I was like, I'm not watching this. But during the pandemic, I was all over the place. I was, because that match was Brady and Manning, and I think Woods and Mickelson. And I I watched that like it was the Super Bowl, because we had nothing else going on. I I don't think we, uh, I don't think we, truly remember that time in sports as well as we should. That was a that was a crazy time. We were all watching Bundesliga and Wednesday night NASCAR races together and Korean baseball. And I would watch Korean baseball. They would air it live at four thirty in the morning or whatever here. And then they would replay the game at eleven. And I would watch it just to have the sound on, just to have the the sound on that there was actually some sports going on in the world and that was great so shout out to the kbo i even bought like merch of my favorite team at the time which i can't remember who that was and i threw the merch away it was just these little plastic bats i bought for my kid and then he started putting them in his mouth and we thought that was a problem so uh, they were also like cheap so we threw them away anyway where i think the match was interesting in terms of an nba standpoint is that because he works with Turner, Draymond Green was there. And there was one thing that he was hosting. It was like the TNT hot seat or something. But Draymond was hosting a conversation between Stephen Clay and uh, Travis, Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. And from that, not just that he was there, but the way they were talking, and uh, Draymond said some things about how, you know, these two guys are the guys I ride and die with, and I couldn't be happier to be associated with two other guys. Just from that, it made me think, like, uh, Draymond might uh, be staying. I don't know. I've been kind of 50-50 on Draymond. I think a lot of people think that he's going to go back to Golden State. I think that he is at least going to take meetings and see what's out there and maybe, you know, keep people. Like, this is if I was a free agent of Draymond Green's stature, I would take meetings. Even if I knew 100% I was going to sign with the Warriors, because they're obviously interested, and they're not going to be offended if I go meet with L.A. or if I go meet with Portland. But I would go take meetings, because what, 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 what am I doing? I'm going to go somewhere where they're all like a free meal and wine and dine me and tell me all these nice things about me. Why would you turn that down? You don't get a lot of opportunities for that to happen. So why would you turn that down? And And maybe somebody convinces him, and maybe he realizes he wants to play somewhere else, but... It seems like uh, Draymond will be somebody that does eventually return. We will talk more about this, but James Harden is a guy that looks like he will not return. This was the interesting news that came out yesterday, is that James Harden is opting in to the option. 
the $35.6 million option for the Sixers. Now, that does not mean he will play with the Sixers. The reason he did that is so that he could get traded. He is once again asked to be traded. Uh, James Harden now leads the league, not just currently, but all time, in trades requested. And there will be another team that wants to pony up. Uh, There's reports that it could be the L.A. Clippers, which kind of seems to be the front runner. They might be able to make a trade where they don't have to give up Paul George or Kawhi, and then now they're keeping, uh, they've got a big three of their own there. Uh, Also, the New York Knicks are involved, but for some reason I do follow a lot of people that enjoy the Knicks. Uh, Not one of them wants this move to happen. So I, I, I I don't think that they're that interested in New York at least. Could he go to Miami? That might be a good fit for him, but I don't know if Miami's got what uh, Philly would want or or the the moves to pull it off, or does he fall into the heat culture? So James Harden, who it looked like was going to either be in Philly or even Houston, but then the reports started coming out, saw some late yesterday that Houston's, yeah, I mean, they love James Harden. They love James Harden. They don't want him to play for him anymore is kind of what I'm getting from Houston. So, then he's got nowhere to go. So he it, it sounded like he was going to turn it down, go sign with Houston, but if the market's not there, well, then Philly's going to have to facilitate a trade for him and what teams are going to step up for James Harden. There's the great meme from Arrested Development where uh, Tobias and Lindsay, those two characters, you may not know the show or the characters' names, but you may have seen the meme where everybody tries this and it never works. Why do people keep doing this? But it might work for us. And that seems to be the situation with James Harden. Like getting getting Harden would be attractive, and it's a big deal, and he's a great player, but it just doesn't seem to work anywhere. It didn't work. Uh, they didn't get it done in Oklahoma City. It didn't work in Houston. Uh, then he wanted to get out, so he gained a bunch of weight and got traded to Brooklyn, and then they all played together for like 13 games, and then he wanted out again because he didn't want to deal with Kyrie apparently, and then he goes to Philly, and then that doesn't work. It's just a lot of moving around. It's great that the players have a little more safe future in the career, but also at what point do teams want to say, this guy doesn't like being anywhere. How how are we going to be the difference? Why Why would we sign up for that when we know what the end result is going to be? We'll talk more about that. Also, Kyrie is apparently taking a meeting. And that would completely change the league again in a weird way. 855-212-4227. Let's get an update with Greg Caserta. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. We'll talk some NFL with Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports coming up in about 20 minutes. The NFL is coming down now on the gambling that is happening inside of their facilities where players are gambling on their own team. Yeah, you know, it's a name that you might recognize here or there. We got a cornerback from the Colts here. We got a lineman from the Jags here. What happens if it's one of the big guys? What happens if it's one of these star quarterbacks? Let's say, hypothetically, that Dak Prescott bet on himself to throw for 300 yards in a game. Threw down $20. Let's just say that happened. The league going to suspend him for a year for that? I I mean that that I don't know. That is they got to figure this out and they got to figure it out quick. Otherwise, they could have a whole season where here you're throwing out suspensions left and right. 
The biggest news in the NBA so far today is that ESPN has let go of Jeff Van Gundy. We're waiting for free agency news. That starts in a few hours later this afternoon. But Jeff Van Gundy being uh, released from his ESPN deal. ESPN, I guess, going through a lot of contract uh, cuts. And we've seen some already. We've heard of some. Steve Young could be a name. Susie Colbert. These are going to be like names that we know, TV names, as they're trying to reshuffle as many companies have done and many companies continue to do. But, the you know, you pay these guys a bunch of money. I never understood why announce – well, I don't want to say that because it's kind of like – I'm not – I don't know. I would never expect me in any capacity to make $20 million a year. But especially guys that call the games. It's one, it's one thing if you have like a personality, a radio guy, a TV guy. Because I, I, I can see more why Stephen A. Smith would make – like, let's say, I don't know how much these guys make a lot. Let's say $20 million. I think it, it makes more sense to pay that to Stephen A. Smith than it would to Joe Buck. You're already, wa- you're already watching Monday Night Football. You're not going to turn it off if the announcing's bad. If you're watching Monday Night Football, you're going to watch it. That, and then if you don't like the announcing, they have a simulcast for you with the Mannings. Or you can watch it in Spanish even. I don't know. You you you're there to watch the football. I never understood why like Tom Brady needs to get thirty seven million dollars a year, or even Troy Aikman needs to get twenty million dollars. I don't understand. We're watching the game anyway. Stephen A. Smith, you 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 don't just watch. You don't wake up and say I want to watch a debate show. You won't, you wake up and say I want to watch Stephen A. Smith. So I, I think there's a difference there. But still, I do think Jeff Van Gundy enhances the broadcast. I like that team. I don't even know that I like like necessarily like Mark Jackson or Van Gundy on their own, but I like them together when they're with Mike Breen. That's going to sound different. Uh, so that's kind of a shock today in the NBA. We may see more moves. It looked like, and we talked about this yesterday, it looked like there was going to be a very, very much an offseason of status quo with the NBA where Harden stays with Philly and Kyrie stays with Dallas and Dame stays with with Portland, things may be changing a little bit already on that. James Harden is exercising his $35.6 million option for the season. And they are doing this. Harden's doing this. And the Sixers are dealing with this because they're going to try to work for a trade. He could have negotiated a new deal and been a free agent, but the Sixers have made it clear they're not interested It looked like Harden was either going to sign a new long-term deal with the Sixers or go back to Houston, who has interest. And Houston, if you like line up everybody in the NBA and say James Houston or James Harden stands come forward, Houston's front office would trip over themselves to run and come to the front of the line first. But that doesn't mean that they want him on their basketball team. They just all love him. Like they they just they love James Harden. But it now seems like they don't love him enough to have him play on their team. The uh, Sixers could have offered Harden a four-year deal worth $213 million. Harden did last year sign a two-year deal, left some money on the table, some $15 million, by signing a cheaper deal with an option uh, instead of a longer deal to maybe like help out the Sixers, build some talent, but also set himself up for another bigger deal. And now the Sixers are not interested, and so Harden is going to opt in and then hopefully get traded. 
Where will he get traded? Uh, I don't know. And I do wonder how much Nick Nurse had to do with this. Maybe Nick Nurse came in and said, yeah, look, I can work with Embiid, but I'm not I'm not touching Harden. I'm not interested in working with James Harden. Joel Embiid, you know, we've kind of had our fun, you know, back and forth over the years, him and Nick Nurse, but I've, James, I don't know. I don't know what led to this. It could be Daryl Morey in the front office. I don't know what led to this, but it's it looked like a week ago, James Harden and the sick, and now they're going to work on a trade. So where do they go? Where does he go? And can the Sixers get something back enough in return to make them competitive? Because the Sixers without that second guy, and I don't know, from the Sixers' standpoint, I think it's probably better they move on from James Harden. I don't know that that with, – with Kyrie and with James Harden, I don't know that you're going to find a situation where it works for them again. Now, Harden's never won a championship. Kyrie has with LeBron. I think if Kyrie and LeBron would have stayed in Cleveland, they would have accumulated more championships. You know, LeBron wanted to go and play with the Lakers. Kyrie, you know, just wanted to be Kyrie, and he went with Boston, said he's going to be there forever, then went with to Brooklyn and liked it there, and then wanted to get traded, and now he's in Dallas, and now he might end up in Phoenix. We'll talk about that. So these guys that – I just don't know if I'm a team in, in what situation – that I would think that guy's going to be the answer for me. Why do I need James Harden when I know what's going to happen? And even even if it's like, it's not like they come here and give you a championship and then want to leave, they come here, disappoint you, and then want to leave. So I don't even know what the value is if you're a team in thinking that it's going to work for you. That being said, these guys are still tremendous basketball players. It just doesn't seem like they doesn't seem like they have a fit anywhere. It's very weird, and I think uncommon. Russell Westbrook kind of is like the same way to me, where he's a good basketball player. Has the game changed too much? Just wherever he goes, it doesn't seem to be a fit for him. It's like it, nobody can play with him, or he can't play with anybody. It's it's a very odd situation. I don't know why, and even like. When Philly was at their best. Remember that game in the playoffs where Philly won and James Harden uh, had a monster game? I think it was game one of a series and Embiid was out and James Harden. And then he had a game winner and it was like, this could work. And then it didn't. And it went back to the same thing that we always know about James Harden and that in the playoffs, he has not been able to, to get it done. The Sixers still have not been to an Eastern Conference Finals in the Joel Embiid era. And it wasn't Jimmy Butler to get him there. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't James Harden to get him there. So it wasn't Ben Simmons to get him there. I don't know who, for the Sixers standpoint, who are they going to acquire? Because if you trade James Harden, if you're the Sixers and looking for the Clippers or the Knicks, you don't want to trade Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. So what are you going to give the Sixers? Terrence Mann and you know some of these other guys? Is that going to be enough to build a winner around Embiid? Do the Sixers try to look at what Denver did and say, okay, we don't necessarily need, we just need guys to fit around and be. We don't need like this second megastar. And maybe Jamal Murray, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit in Denver, but Denver built a team essentially around how Nikola Jokic plays. And so they could do the same thing in Philly. They keep trying to find the second megastar. Maybe that's not the right way for them. So, but they want to pivot. They want to move on. They're not interested in James Harden anymore, so Harden's got to find out where he's going to go. And maybe we find that out later today. 
Maybe we don't. So where's James Harden going to go? I don't know. I'm surprised that, you know, the Clippers are in, apparently, from Woj. Why? The uh, Knicks are interested. Again, why? And then there's Kyrie, who there was a report yesterday and some pushback on it from one of the local guys in Phoenix. But there was a report yesterday that Kyrie Irving wants to meet with the Suns or is expected to meet at least with the Suns. He's going to meet with the Mavs, where he played last year and was traded to, and he's going to meet, apparently, according to Chris Haynes from Turner Sports, with the Suns. If he stays with the Mavs, he could sign five years for 272. If he stays or goes somewhere else, he can go four years with for 202. Now, if he goes to the Suns, and again, I don't know that there's any other spot for him, but if he goes to Phoenix... You have a roster of Kyrie and KD and Beal and Booker, and then that would be like it. They would have to sign and trade Aiton, and then they would have those four guys, and the only other way then that you could build your roster is with vet minimums, which I think would be fun to see. (laughs) I, I think that would be... Fun to see. I also don't know how that would work. I don't think Phoenix should have any interest. Uh, Kevin Durant, does he really want to go down that route again? I mean, he kind of got out of that situation already. Does he want to play with Kyrie again? And Kyrie seems like, just it's like these guys, they seem like they can be good teammates and they seem like they can be good players, but at some point they will get bored and they will want to leave. Like what if if James Harden goes to the Clippers and if Kyrie goes to the Suns and they sign four-year deals when, when do we expect them to ask for a trade? 2 years? Is that too is that too long? It's like some point these guys like they just enjoy the player movement. It's very odd. They have the freedom now more than ever before, but it's almost like they enjoy the player movement, which I don't understand unless they just like collecting jerseys of themselves that they just can't find a situation where they're happy. And again, I think if Kyrie and LeBron had stayed in Cleveland, I mean, those two work so well together and there was some talk Kyrie to the Lakers. I know I don't think like cap wise there, they can be able to do that. Plus they're not very focused on Austin Reeves trying to re-sign him. So it is a, it is an interesting situation and we're going to find out later today where some of these guys end up going at least in free agency. I don't know if we get a James Harden move quite instantly. I don't know if we get a a Kyrie Irving move. I would still expect him to sign with the Mavs, but I thought James Harden was probably going to stay in Philly or Houston, and now it's going to be a team that we weren't even thinking of even yesterday at this time. So we've talked to a few guys about the NBA. Uh, You know, it looks status quo on the surface, but we have heard some rumblings that there's some things being worked out that – can't be divulged because it's all illegal. Like what? What do you, the the NBA draft happened, and then free agency doesn't start until six o'clock Eastern today? What do you think everybody's doing over the last week? Nothing. There's no communication. Agents have taken the week off and turned their phone off. No, because at six o'clock today Eastern, there's going to be so many signings and announcements, and it's a joke. And the NBA doesn't care, but then. They'll they'll cherry pick like one guy, 
Like the Bulls got it for Lonzo Ball, and the Bucks have been victimized of it before. And I was at the Heat. Another team lost a draft pick this year. The NBA will like cherry pick one guy, one team and be like, nah, you're going to lose a second-round pick. Everybody's doing it. We can't control it, but you're going to lose a second-round pick. So we'll find out. It should be an interesting evening and a long weekend for those covering the association. We'll talk some NFL with Jeff Kerr coming up. CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 